Hello, welcome everyone to the year that was dot 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 1997. And we are in the ECW arena, uh, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania, obviously. I mean, if you guys, anybody listen to this show that doesn't know what the ECW arena is or was, I don't know why. You have you have mistakenly you have mistakenly yeah, you, downloaded the wrong you, podcast. Right into the wrong place. Go. The there there might be another year that was, and they're talking about like 1955 when people were eating fucking hamburgers and milk dropped off at the house and stuff like that. We're not reminiscing about like Opie Taylor type stuff. We're reminiscing about blood and guts and violence. Here tonight, um, Woo. ECW Arena Cyber Slam '97. It's ECW supposed internet convention. Um, it would be really in its infancy here if it was an internet convention. Um, like I doubt. I don't know. I could be wrong, but were things being streamed at this time, or would no, this like ab- absolutely no. not? Would this no. have been one of those internet? audio <laughs> things like WCW they did a couple of those yeah the, audio and then you'd get pictures and stuff like that yeah and, there would be no streaming yeah and it would have been probably like chat rooms like talking about the audio right. and everything like that but we're not going to get too much into that we're going to talk about the show which was February 22nd 1997 it actually is a pretty interesting weekend in wrestling because um the following day is um, something we're going to discuss next week, which would be WCW Super Brawl 97. So two big shows going on in the same weekend, um, obviously far apart from each other. This is in Philly and WCW was in what was it, San Francisco or whatever. Um, so <laughs> and all that. So um, we've been building up to this show. Um, we're also building up to getting to barely legal. Um, so, with that being said, um, CyberSlam 97 kicks off. Joey Styles welcomes everyone to CyberSlam. And then the Eliminators come out. Um, the interesting thing about this is also it was a two-day show, but they're only showing the second night. Because the Eliminators come out and talk about how they fought Rob Van Dam and Sabu in a tables and ladder match last night and they want to do tables ladder match two and get get the um respect of Sabu and Rob Van Dam. Joey Styles mentions that uh, and you guys can jump in anytime if you want. Sorry, I don't I'll just I just start reading and talking and anyway. Anyway, um Joey mentions that tab tables and ladders are legal in this match. Nice. And I wrote that that's pretty redundant for ECW. <laughs> right. Yes. Like, you guys don't have any disqualification anyway. Right. Yeah. That's like, it, it's like it's saying silly. this match is going to be we contested under one fall. I mean, we know that that's a part of wrestling. You know what I mean? <laughs> so it just always seems silly to me when, when ECW would be like, oh, we tables and ladder match. Well, you guys use tables and ladders in a lot of matches. So. Right. Anyway, um, like I said, Perry Saturn comes out and he cuts a big promo um, calling out Rob Van Dam and Sabu so they can have the second match. 
Um, they also talk about how they're going to go to the WWF on Monday and show them what the fuck's up. So they're hyping that they're going to be on Monday Night Raw coming up, which I'm looking forward to talking about that show. And I'm sure you guys are too. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so Sabu and Rob Van Dam come out and Saturn and RVD start the match. And they actually do something that um, not a lot of people would do in this situation. It shows they're in there with four pros. Saturn and Rob Van Dam start the match and they kick it off with some chain wrestling. Like they don't go straight to brawling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like they're building up to the fact that they're going to start using these tables and ladders and Saturn and Rob Van Dam are actually doing like a hell of a job in there. And sometimes I wrote this down. Sometimes I forgot how actual, actually good Perry Saturn really was. Right. Yes. It's moments like that that make you remember just how great of a wrestler he really was. Stands all the mop bullshit and wearing a dress in WCW and well, and, you, and that, you, you know you, you forget sometimes he he learned under the same tree as Triple H, right? Yeah. You know, and like I said, I think if the guy wouldn't have had the the issues that he had, he probably would have been a bigger bigger. Isn't isn't he one of the wrestlers that like disappeared for a while and did people oh, didn't yeah. know if he was dead or whatever and they found him in a dumpster or something? Well, yep. like I, the Perry Saturn story is insane. <laughs> like, if you listen to this guy's story, it's just insanity. Like he got shot because some girl was getting raped or whatever, and he went to try to like help her and he got shot in the neck or whatever and lived through that. And then it was kind of like downhill from there. And he said, like, I forget what podcast it might have been Jericho. I think he was on Jericho's podcast. He's talking about how he was like, like living in this like abandoned farmhouse with this girl, and yeah, Perry Saturn <laughs> had a fucking crazy ass life. And then like, he ended like Triple H ended up finding him and getting him some cash and shit. I think he's better now, but there was a point where Saturn about checked out. Yeah, right. He was almost done for him. Like he was homeless and penniless and. I don't want to be all depressing. So, let's talk about something. Um, And it's the fact that I also wrote down, I forgot that John Cronus was great at this time, too. He, um... I don't know what you guys' opinions are on Cronus, but I really liked him. I liked liked Cronus with Saturn. I was never a big fan of Cronus after the Eliminators, though. Yeah. Um... I, I agree with Nate that I was a fan of Cronus more with Saturn, but then when he got to XPW for that like first three, four months that company was open and it was just him, he actually was making a run to be a main eventer. It's just he kept getting injured. But that was because he was doing mm-hmm. death matches and things like that. Well that but he I, was by that point also he was horribly out of shape. Right. Exactly. But I mean he was always a damn fine high flyer for a guy his size. He was doing things nobody else was. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I, and I just, I forgot, I keep saying I forget, but I, I, it's like, this was a reminder of actually how good the Eliminators were. Oh, yeah. If WCW would have took Sat- uh, Cronus with Saturn, they might have been a main staple of the WCW tag team division for a while. But, you know. Yeah, I just, I, and um, obviously the chain wrestling breaks down and turns into an all over the building brawl. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. And the ending of the match, um, the Eliminators, at first they kind of fuck up a, a, a 
total total elimination. So then they hit another one on um, on Sabu and get the one, two, three, and that's how the match ends. <laughs> then they go to shake hands. Sabu shake hand, shakes hands with Saturn and Cronus, and RVD refuses. And Joey mentions that this is the trend for RVD because Sabu wanted him to shake his hand in their last series of matches. And he right. Rob refused to pay respect to anybody yes. at that time. So they're establish, establishing that Rob Van Dam is an asshole. Right. <laughs> um, but the match itself, for what it was, was actually really good. And it was a good opener for this um, show. It was. I agree with you on that. The thing I loved about their feud, Aaron, they kept trying to top each other as a tag team. Like Sabu would do something off the top rope, so then Saturn would bring in a ladder. And then towards the ending, which is why Saturn originally broke his leg, was because they put two ladder they put a ladder on top of two tables and Saturn came down on top of Sabu on it and shattered his leg. But mm-hmm. that was the, the great thing about both teams. They were constantly trying to top each other for who the better team was. Yeah. It wasn't all about the tables and ladders and chairs as much as it was who's the better team. And like I said, it was a very, very good match. It was very entertaining. Then um, Joey Styles again welcomes everyone to the ECW arena for some reason. And then <laughs> introduces the Pitbulls. The Pitbulls come out and they're cutting their promo about um, Shane Douglas and wanting to get him in the ring. Um, and then the former NWA world champion Shane Douglas interrupts. Very funny, Aaron. You're welcome. Interrupts from the Eagle's Nest and um, is talking shit about um, the Pitbulls and how he's the best and he's the franchise and he's going to. Fuck him up again, and Gary Wolf making fun of his neck and things like that. <clears throat> and the Pitbulls challenge him to come fight. He challenges them to come, to, and obviously Shane doesn't do it because he's the heel. And Shane challenges them to come up to the Eagles' nest, which he, which they do. And obviously Shane, being the heel, had two of his flunkies waiting in the wings, which were Brian Lee and Chris Candido, and. They attack the pit bulls and leave them lame. Um, it's actually a pretty good little segment. And I liked the fact that the Eagle's Nest was kind of Shane's thing. Mm-hmm. If you remember, like a lot of like a lot of guy like a lot of guys didn't call people like like Shane's thing was he came out on the Eagle's Nest and talked shit to people and things like that, and they didn't do that, at least not that I saw. They didn't have a lot of other guys do that. It was usually his deal. I was just going to say, the only other guy I ever remember um, utilizing the Eagle's Nest like that was a few times Taz did. Right. But other than that, yeah, you're right. I mean, it was kind of Shane's Shane's uh, shtick, you know. Like he's going to keep himself as far away from his opponent as possible, and mm-hmm. um Shane was on fire at this time. I think this is the the high point of Shane's career. Is honestly when he was in ECW. It, it's funny because to me, Shane's high point of his career was hit when he was ECW Television Champion, not when he was the World Champion. Right. <laughs> I don't know if that means anything. And, and honestly, at a lot of times, the TV title bit. Uh, 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 
Cauley made a bigger deal about his TV belt than he did he the did. world belt. He did with Shane, with RVD. You know, they were uh, even towards the ending when Rhino was the world was the television champion. He made that Rhino went over Sandman and held both belts. I think it's also because not in the early part, in the early part of ECW, because when we're doing Reliving the Extreme right now, they're they're kind of hyping the fact because we're in '94. They're hyping the fact that with all this extreme stuff going on, the ECW champion is a wrestler. But as time went on, it almost became like the ECW TV title was like the WWF Intercontinental title. Right. Where it was the, you know what I mean? It was the wrestler's title and then the ECW title, not dissing any of the wrestlers that held the title, but it was more of the spectacle title. Right. Because Raven had a stranglehold on it at one point. And, you know, it was Raven's rules or, you know, Sandman and Raven. Sandman. So it made sense. So that that's how that segment ends. Um, and Brian Lee is being touted as being—he's not Ted. He's technically not in the triple threat. He's just kind of the bulldozer for hire, and, right? And um, they're playing off the fact that Brian Lee and Chris Candido hooked up. They were hooked up in Smoky Mountain and all that. So um, <laughs> the next match is Little Guido versus Chris Chetty, and. Uh, if anybody doesn't know, Chris Chetty was the rookie Chris Chetty at this time, uh, nephew of Taz. Yes. And um, this is the debut, not of the FBI, because the FBI had been a thing before, but this is the debut of Tommy Rich as an Italian. <laughs> but he's, not, he's not an Italian. He's an Italian. Right. <laughs> and um, Arch, where you're from... Um, I'm not saying anything that ain't true. There's a large Italian population, correct? In New Jersey, yes. Yes, yes. there is. And I have been told, and I think it's true, they don't appreciate when you call them Italians. Uh, well, yeah. It's, it's, it, it, it's almost like you're, you're picking on the way that their, their name is pronounced. So, you know, they, Italian is the way it's supposed to be said. Of course, if you're, you don't know, you know, if you're doing it on purpose, yeah, you're going to piss them off. But if you're, I don't want to say stupid or dumb and you just say it like that. Oh, you're an Italian. They might let it go. You know you're I mean? some, you're some hick from Ohio. <laughs> <laughs> Tommy Rich is seriously putting the emphasis on the Italian. Part. Oh yeah. And he's talking about how he found out that he had a bloodline and, and, he wasn't originally even from Tennessee. He was from, he's from New York and um, got ties to the mob now and all this. And now he's with little Guido and they are the FBI. Um, a bunch of people are yelling at him and he um, basically grabs the mic. Like before he throws the mic down for the match to start, tells them, why don't you shut up you bunch of, and uses a word that starts with Q that I'm not going to say. Well, I, I just want to say something really quick. Tommy Rich, when I watch his career, um, it's it, there's a big, there's a big, uh, what do I want to say, gap between when I enjoy watching Tommy Rich. I enjoy watching Tommy Rich in Georgia in 1981 and 1982. And then I enjoy watching Tommy Rich in WCW in the late 90s. Other than that, I could live without Tommy Rich. But he's really good. He was really good in the very early 80s. 
and he was fantastic so wait, here. You didn't you enjoy ECW? Yes, sorry, ECW, of course. Yeah, I was going to say you didn't enjoy hearing it from Na- from Palermo by way of Nashville. You know. <laughs> <laughs> the Godfather, Tommy Rich. No, 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 no. What, what, what Tracy's mother joined. No, what, I, what that, was. That's what I was saying. I liked Tommy in '81 and '82, and then I liked Tommy in the late '90s and ECW. ECW okay. Yes. Okay. I, I said WCW. That was my. That was my fuck. Those. Those blue acid wash jeans and that white FBI T-shirt. Oh man, him and Tra- him and Tracy are fucking comedy wrestling gold right. in the right. FBI. Tracy keeps doing that Italian hand symbol like he's trying to say something, but he never talks. <laughs> <laughs> One of my favorite things is um, um, I know we talk about other podcasts on here, what's it matter? But like um, Brian Lass is talking to Cornette about that dance Tracy would mm-hmm. do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and Brian's like, I never understood it. What the hell was that dance? I don't get it, and jo- and Cornette's like he's fucking him, he's fucking the crowd. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Tracy has yet to show up. Right, we're like uh, a year away from that, I think. Yeah, maybe a little, a little less than that. I think. I think Tracy's right around the corner, which I'm looking forward to because give me any I, how you were saying, like Nate, about how. You liked him in Georgia, and then his WCW stuff with like Herd, which I'm assuming mm-hmm. you were talking about. No, I no no no, I misspoke. I meant I like Tommy Rich in Georgia, and then I like Tommy Rich in ECW. Well, no, I know what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like when he was in WCW for Herd and stuff, it was pretty bad. Yeah, and, like they, they teamed him with like Ricky Morton, and they had him fight fucking Harley Race. And yeah, stuff. yeah, it was bad. Um, but. What I was gonna say was there isn't a there isn't a part or a time that I don't enjoy Tracy Smothers. I agree with that. Before him show, like I even liked it when he's Frey Joe Floyd in WWF. Well, yeah, because you knew he was making fun of himself with that character. Yeah, you know what I mean. It, it, it wasn't it wasn't that bad. He was still Tracy Smothers. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to the FBI really kicking in here. Um, that match is won by Chris Chetty. Um, and uh, Guido and Tommy Rich have a little bit of an argument, but then they end up they end up making up and hugging. And hugging. That was the ending of every match, a big hug. <laughs> it was, he said he was sorry about his Italian temper, and they hugged. <laughs> um, and they left together, and obviously, Chris, like I said, Chris Chetty went over. I forgot to write down the move. I think he might have hit a belly-to-belly or something. Yeah, like he was... He was trying to be uh, like a like a, a young Taz because he was Taz's nephew, yeah. but it wasn't getting over. And even then, I think that was that's why they had Taz squash him at one point. You know what I mean? Like, stop being me. Yeah. Well, the next match, and like I said, there's not a lot of these ECW paper or specials or whatever. They might run through pretty quick because you know it's just they. <coughs> There, there's no interviews or video. You know what I mean? Yes. ECW pay-per-views are just, you flow from one match to another match. Yes. Mostly, usually, usually. And these ones, even, these are even more than the pay-per-view because they're just, they're showing you each match. You know what I mean? Like, you're not seeing. Right. Yeah, you know, this is, yeah, you're right. This is a, this is a uh, VHS. Yeah. Deal. 
So there's not like in ring interviews. I mean, there was, but you know, what I mean. <coughs> like it's not like, oh, well, the next match is going to be Balls Mahoney and Stevie Richards. Let's go back to uh, Joe, whatever, and he's going to interview Balls about this match. You know, it's just they just come out. Um, mm-hmm. So the next match is Big Stevie Cool versus Balls Mahoney. Um, this is Balls in his infancy in the w- in ECW. Um, he comes out. He's wearing um, basically he's dressed like the biker from the village people. Right. <laughs> he has on leather chaps, leather jacket, his little leather hat. <coughs> he's just happy to be there. Um, he's not really a heel. He's not really a face. He's just right. balls. He's just leather clad balls. <laughs> leather clad balls. That yeah, is, if, I, <laughs> uh, if you type that into, <laughs> please don't. Please, <laughs> please don't type that in anywhere. <laughs> Anybody that listens to the show can tell that I get ni- nice and for snickered before I come on air in the show because <laughs> when I I've only had half a beer. Leather clad balls. <laughs> well, I'm not going to say that. I'm not saying that. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't gonna get isolated. You you said you were at work. <laughs> uh, that ain't gonna get isolated and used against me later. <laughs> no way. <laughs> Glad I caught myself on that. <laughs> Let's get the train back on the tracks, yeah. right? <laughs> yeah. Well, balls comes out and then. Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> I'm like is 17 not, years old right now. Is that not the most ridiculous, but one of the funniest names in wrestling history? Like, there's no reason for his name to be Balls. No, not at no. all. It's wonderful. Well, <laughs> if if I recall, he's fresh off of being Santa Claus in WWF. So he wanted to be as far away from any character like that. So he became Balls Mahoney. You know what I mean? He wanted like, to be, you know, as rude as possible. Like, Paulie was like, I want the people. Just think of it. They chant balls. Balls everywhere. And, and like, all the jokes you can make. Like, oh, balls is sm- smacking him in the chin. Like, it's just such a childish fucking gimmick. <laughs> but it was, it's perfect for that company. And, the, and 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 the perfect guy played the role too. Yeah, right. Like Paul Heyman knew this crowd is gonna fucking love it. If you're oh yeah, Paul's oh yeah. His, his finisher, if I'm not mistaken, was called the Nutcracker Suite. Yes, the Nutcracker mm-hmm. Suite. <laughs> it, it was fantastic. But the, like I said, this is the. Um, in fact, I don't. I'd have to go back and look at my notes, but I don't remember balls. No, I think you're right. This was his debut. And so Balls Mahoney and Stevie Richards, uh, the the BWO come out and obviously they're over and people are chanting the BWO thing and Joey's laughing at it, not making fun of it, but laughing at it. You know, like, I can't believe that. Like, he's just like, I can't believe that this, this guy, this has gotten over. Right. Um, Balls takes off all his leather garb and the fans Proceed to chant, show your tits. <laughs> Ball Mahoney, he won't do it, so Blue Meanie does it instead. And they they pop really big for that. I want to say something really quick. What's that? 
People can people can say what they want about him. But thank God Brian Efron was the blue meanie. Right? Because because is that not okay, it's not one of the greatest gimmicks of all time. It's not one he's not one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But from a purely fun standpoint, how oh fun God. is that guy? How fun is that gimmick? How fun is that guy? And do you ever do you ever listen to like any interviews with him or anything? Yeah. yeah. He's like super he, he he's like for one like, <laughs> say he's super humble. You know what I mean? And he's yes, he's eloquent. And, down and, to and, earth. And he's like, I had no um he's like basically he's like I had no goddamn right to be make it as far as I did in wrestling. Mm-hmm. Because he started as a bleacher creature, which is what they called the ECW fans that sat up in the bleachers and shit. Right. Yeah. And just was there all the time and everything. And fucking Raven, he caught Raven's interest. He was like, hey, this little fat kid, you know. Like, Raven brought him in, made him the blue meanie. And, and this guy eventually wound up in the fucking WWF. Right. Yeah. And, and he's, like, <laughs> I had, he's like, I had no right to be there. Like, why am I here? And, and he said... They asked him what the highlight of his career was. You know what it was? What? He said, I got to buy my mom a house. Well. He's like, I got to buy my mom a house with the WWF money. She never had a house, and I got to buy it for her. And that was the highlight of my career. I I met him at uh, Legends of the Ring or Icons of the Ring uh, a few months ago. Uh, And one of the most down-to-earth people, I walked up to him. I'm like, I'm a big fan. Remember when you debuted and everything like that? He's like, thank you very much. You know, we talked for a couple of minutes. And I'm like, dude, I wanted your Mind of the Meanie figure with your announcer friend. And you, it sold out and I couldn't find it anywhere. This guy goes into his bag and proceeds to pull out two of them and says, well, I happen to have two. Would you like one? I said, yeah. Well, how much to autograph it? He charged me 35 bucks for the boat, two figures, MLC with the autograph. And I'm like, fantastic. that's not what somebody, they were 55 online without an autograph. Right, you know what I mean. So he, mm-hmm. he and he, we we talked for like ten minutes about little things that he did, like being blue dust, being uh, the the blue guy, you know, the little, you mm-hmm. know. And he said that wasn't me, that was Paulie. But whenever he would have something stupid to be done, I'd raise my hand, and he'd say, "Yeah, no problem, Brian, go ahead. I know you're going to do it to the fullest." <laughs> you know, he trusted me to do pretty much anything stupid, but then it got over. Right, like the blue W, the BWO. It, that wasn't supposed to get over. That was meant to be a joke, <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. So, like I said, I think I think, <laughs> I think he's a guy. He's a testament to professional wrestling. As he was a fan, and he got in it, and he had no um, misgivings about his career or anything like that. You know what I mean? Like he, yep. he he's always said it. I've I, he's like I have nothing to complain about because everything I got was a gift. And that's why no matter how much I um, at times will come to JBL's defense in certain instances, and I do he like was JBL. Wrong. He was wrong in that instance with Meanie. That that Blue Meanie deal, like JBL was absolutely 100% total piece of shit that night. Yeah, yeah. Of all the total people piece, you decided total piece to, of shit that night. Of all the people you decided to land a clean shot on the Meanie. Yeah. He was you know a big, I mean? he was a big bully piece of shit that night. Didn't Joey Styles kick his ass though? Yeah, yeah, he so sure I mean, did. He got, got his <laughs> He was fucking with him when I, were they in? Af- I think they were in Afghanistan. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and you know how like wrestlers are. You always well, I mean the stories we hear, you know, right? Like mm-hmm. when they're on those tours and there's nowhere for them to go, right? 
they're all cooped up. Yeah, they're all cooped up and, <clears throat> and drinking and shit. Because I know you're not. But I, I, I'm pretty sure Afghanistan. I and I'm not. I'm not knocking any region of any world, but there's not a lot of drinking going on in those areas. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I'm sure WWF had booze. And from everything I heard, it was they were all just cooped up and. And JBL being a bully, who's he gonna who's he gonna talk shit to? Batista, right? right. <laughs> Guy over here. Oh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go talk shit. And I don't know what the locker room lay of the locker room was. But I'm gonna go over here. I'm gonna, I'm gonna talk shit to Kurt Angle. You know what I mean? No, he found Joey, and he's like, I'm gonna pick on Joey because that's what bullies do. They pick on the people that they don't think are gonna be. Able to he, he didn't know what Joey Styles was though. Joey Styles is <laughs> and, a fighter. And they and and they said Joey just had enough, had enough. I don't know if it was liquid courage or what, but cocked that motherfucker right in the face and gave him a black eye. And he had a walk black eye. And you know my favorite part of the whole story is what? Guess what Joey's nickname in the WWE in the WWE locker room was after all that? What? Stocky Balboa. Oh my god. Yeah, and he knocked out JBL. <laughs> the whole funny. time he was there, they're like, "Oh, here comes Stocky Balboa." Yeah, Joey clocked that motherfucker in Afghanistan. And I, like I said, like you said, I'll defend JBL, but I'll call that guy. I'll, I'll call right. him on shit when he's a shit when the shit's needing to be called on, and that was that was one of it. And yeah. what you guys said about him beating up. Um, Blue meaning, you know, he wasn't yeah. he, he wasn't going after Tracy Smothers. Right. Tracy there was Smothers 40 guys in the ring that night. Why didn't he punch somebody else? Yeah. He's like, he ain't gonna go fuck with Smothers because Smothers is a legitimate badass. Now I'm gonna go beat up a little fat guy. Bullshit. But but it also did get uh meaning another payday. So yeah. Good for him. And uh, we have totally taken your show off the rails here. It so. wouldn't be us if it wouldn't be us. I know, but also it's fine that we're talking about this stuff because, like I said, these ECW shows, they, they read quick. They just mm-hmm. do. Because ECW was all bam, 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 bam. You know what I mean? Right. It wasn't a lot of stalling or interviews or anything like that. At least there wasn't a Pulp Fiction montage during this. Yeah. <laughs> I wish I actually like those. but um, I do too, but like that's the whole show sometimes. But this match honestly went a little too long for my liking. Not that it was a bad match because they actually had a pretty good match. And um, Balls is an underrated wrestler. Um, he actually was like a high school collegiate, whatever you want to call yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And that story about him punching a ref is legitimate. Damn. Why he got kicked out of amateur wrestling because he, I don't know if it was punched or headbutted, but he basically assaulted a referee. Um <laughs> But the match went too long, and not saying that it went too long because of quality, but um, Stevie is in the mix going in to fight Raven. Like They're trying to decide who's going to fight Raven at uh, Barely Legal at this point. It hasn't turned into the triple threat match yet, so it's like, eh, because this guy's supposed to be, like, you know, heading in there. It shouldn't be if... Uh, a 15-minute match or whatever. It should maybe be six or seven minutes. Stevie kick, get in, get right. out. But that's not what they decided to do, which is fine. But at the end of the match, Stevie does hit the Stevie kick and pins balls. One, two, three. Not three balls. That would be weird. <laughs> I just thought of uh, uh, Dr. Evil. One, two, two, three. Okay. Three. Oh, good. 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 <laughs> 
another three joke that cracks me up is Bobby. He is on uh, um, uh, All American when they're in the when they had the crowd, you know. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't really a crowd; it was just WWF employees, you know. Right. But anyway, Bobby's like looks at some chick, and he's like, "How many kids do you got?" She's like three, and he's like, "Ah, one of each, huh?" <laughs> it's fucking funny. Um, but the next match up is um, Axel Rotten versus one of my least favorite wrestlers of all time, Spike Dudley. Oh. I, I never do not. understood it. Huh? I've never understood it. Why I don't like Spike Dudley? Why you don't like Spike Lee? I, I just never have. He's pointless. He was he was basically a throwing dart for Bam Bam Bigelow and Mike Awesome in ECW. I'm just, as, like, time, as, t- as time goes on on this show, when we discuss these shows and stuff, I will, I will uh, apparently disagree with Archie and Aaron and give my case for Spike Dudley. But... I don't hate Spike Dudley. I'll say it this way. I did I think I think he was a good wrestler, but the character just never got over with me because yeah, he's an underdog, but for how long? Even when he got over, the next night Mike Austin would put his ass through a table again. Like there was never any, you know, constant with him. Mm-hmm. So. Eh, like I said, we'll get into it later on down the line, but I just I'm a fan of the I'm a fan of Spike. I think he was I don't want to grow I don't want to go on and on and on, but I think he was he was actually more effective in that role than Mikey was. I I'll give Mikey. my reasons why later. I love Mikey, but I think that Spike was better in that role than him and I like Spike. Anyway, go ahead Aaron. Maybe I like Mikey more cuz he had Cactus Jack with him. You know, someone to be like I a, a watchover. Like more because he was talented and right. had a promo and stuff. Instead of just getting fucking flung somewhere. Right. I can do that. Prove it. Well, <laughs> no. Guys Bam Bam Bigelow can pick me up and fling me into a crowd. I can do it. <laughs> because guess what? There's no, there's no talent involved in that. But anyway, I digress. Um... This match goes on, um, um, and Bubba Ray and Devon come out and attack Spike Dudley. Leave the little guy alone. Why do they keep messing with their little brother? And da 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 da. Um, it distracts Spike enough for uh, Axel Rotten to get actually a pretty, pretty impressive looking Dominator on uh, Spike. And then Bubba Ray and Devon proceed to keep beating on Spike Dudley, which brings out the gangsters and um, the obligatory gangster brawl starts. Um, that's in every ECW show, and I'm not going to complain about complaining about it because I always enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it does take a little bit away because of the WWF. Yes, in the yes. ghetto music, um, but it's still it's it's New Jack Mustafa, the Dudleys, and Axel Rotten stays out there. I thought for a minute I was like, oh, Spike's gonna stay out there too. No, Spike went away. It's just the gangsters, like I said, the Dudleys and Axel's out there to to take a beating too. Um, 
it, it, it's like I said, there's like a there's like a like a Nintendo sixty four or something is involved. And yep. all kinds of shit, and it's super fun, and um, they brawl all over the building. It's just it, like I said, if you guys have never seen, and like I said, if you're listening to this show, I'm sure you have, but if nobody's ever seen a um, ECW Gangsters Brawl. You're missing out. You are missing out. I will. I will agree. Sorry, I didn't want. I didn't want to cut anybody off. But it's actually the one of the things that's great about those. The like Aaron said, the gangsters brawls is it was one of the things that absolutely positively set ECW apart. Just this. This pure fucking chaos going on, you know, like right. somebody's getting a dollar bill stapled to their head and, yeah, right. and just the music's just playing. Like sometimes that song would play twice. <laughs> and yeah, like, yeah, just, depending like, on how long like, they wanted it to go. There's a like shopping cart. <laughs> sometimes Joey doesn't even talk. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't, I don't but then when he does, he screams. He's screeching at the top yeah, of his lungs. He's like, I don't know what to tell you, people. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> this is fucking chaos. My, my absolute favorite one that they ever he, did was Joey screaming. And, like, and the gangsters hitting their opponents with everything but the kitchen sink. And then Mustafa goes to the back, comes back out with the kitchen sink, and actually mm-hmm. hits Bubba Ray Dudley. With it. And he's like, oh, there it is. And it's like, yes, only in ECW will you see that happen. And Joey's like, I, I, was that a Commodore 64? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what's going on. <laughs> what's happening? Uh-huh. And, and there's a statement that I made. I don't remember what show it was on, or I might have made it a couple times. I know I made it once on one of our shows, and I've made it in just personally talking to people. And sometimes people get it, and sometimes they don't. But you know what New Jack was? What? He was... He was Black Sting in ECW. Yeah, yeah, he really was. Like I shouldn't even say Black Sting. He was just he was ECW. He was Sting. Sting. When Mustafa left, yes, he was ECW Sting. Like all this treachery would be happening, and it's like, oh, why are they doing this to this this poor man? They're double teaming him or triple teaming him, like like how the NWO would to people, and then all of a sudden, like you know, Sting would drop from the ceiling. Right, and it would be like, oh, the shit's on now. But in ECW, when that would be happening, a trash can would be thrown into the ring. Yeah, you'd hear like <laughs> uh, 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 America's Most Wanted or what, or Natural Born Killers. Yeah, sorry, you'd hear that, and then you're like, ah, oh, fuck, New Jack's here to save the day. And like, like I said, he's he's ECW Sting. Mm-hmm. Yep, I agree with that. I agree with that. But the interesting thing of this is, I do believe this is the first televised, at least, New Jack dive. Ah. Because New Jack gets um, Devon onto a table, and uh, obviously Mustafa's holding him there, and New Jack climbs up and Joey's like, what the hell is going on? You know, like what is happening? Where's new Jack going? And then he's up in the balcony and he dives and dear Lord. Right. It has to be one of the first ones he ever did because he does not chest to chest. um, He very rarely landed chest to chest. If I remember this one was pretty bad because he essentially just headbutts him. 
in the, right. in, in the stomach. So New Jack jumps, flings his body through the air, and just makes head-to-stomach contact. Could have been worse. Yeah, it could have. And the table doesn't break or anything like that. So basically, his head hits that, smacks up, and his body hits the concrete. Damn. And the in the fucking ECW arena went insane. Yep. Like they went fucking insane. He you says, know, I go ahead, Nate. I was just gonna say, um he was all right, there there can be things said about Jack, okay? And and they've been said, and I'm not gonna we're not gonna we're not gonna beat up new Jack here because I, I in the ring, I as a person I didn't know the fucking guy, so whatever. Right. But in the ring Doing his shtick, I was a fan. And for all the chaos and shit that, that that he perpetrated, one thing I'll say about him professionally, and I and the reason I'm bringing it up is because this week on on slice of time, I actually went through the kind of the fallout from the mass transit incident. Right. And um, that you know, it it was one of the things that was was threatening to keep ECW off a of pay per view and etc. Anyway, other than the mass transit incident, which New Jack got carried away, but uh, it's something I'll fight people about. That coolest kid. Anyway, anyway, look, uh, he I'm, perpetrated himself to be a professional wrestler and said he was eighteen years old. That yes. was his own fault and his father's fault for letting he, that he happen. He said he was 22. Right. And, That's what I mean. And, you know, so. and as I read from the reports this week, the when they were taking him too. when they were taking him out of the ECW arena, he wasn't all that concerned about it. He was saying, oh, did I? am I going to be in ECW now? Or did I right. pass my initiation? Blah, blah, blah. But anyway, besides that event... And then, obviously, New Jack completely admitting that he was trying to murder Vic Grimes, Grimes. in XPW. Did he ever really hurt anybody? Like hurt, hurt anybody? Nope. Nope. Did he ever? Did he ever maliciously injure anybody? Or you know, I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like for the pure chaos that he portrayed on television, it was actually very controlled chaos. I do know one guy that uh, <coughs> had a broken leg from him. Who is that guy? Oh, I guess I guess you. I guess we have to. Throw, I guess we have to throw Gypsy Joe in there too. Yeah, I know, he, who's, who's that guy <laughs> that got his leg broken? Who was that? Was it, Look, like, and, was, it was it was it Craig Austin? No, no. Oh wait, wait, Chad, Chad Austin. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm sure he'd have a bit different story about it than I right. would. Right. But anyway, I, I, and I get what you're saying, and um, in my opinion, though, I would, to, to back up what Nate said, I don't blame New Jack for either one of those instances. That kid proclaimed oh, no, himself I, to be I, something I he mean, wasn't. <laughs> no, and, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. And, and Vic Grimes, he was, was trying to kill Vic Grimes, though. Yeah, not, but you, hold not, on, yeah, hold on. Vic Grimes, Vic Grimes almost broke his broke his skull. He right, broke his right. skull. You know what I mean? But so, New Jack, New Jack said in his brain, "I work in a profession where I could kill somebody and get away with it, right? <laughs> and say it was an accident." So he wouldn't have said it was no accident if they would. If Vic Rhymes would have landed oh, no, out Vic, of the ring and they would have went, to Vic, New Jack, what you did? I killed him. He I would have no, said it. 
But no, 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 no. I think I think he was smart enough where if Vic Grimes would have died, he would have been like, oh, fuck, man. Yeah. Totally. But, you know, because he wouldn't want to incriminate himself. Right. But then after the, after the statute of limitations was up. Right. Like on Dark Side of the Ring. He would have, oh, yeah, I killed him. <laughs> but, um, um, like you were saying, if you get in the, and my thing too is if you get in the ring with New Jack, be prepared to get hurt. You should know what you're going to get. Right. You know what I mean, mm-hmm. it's and, like getting into the ring with Nick Gage nowadays. You ain't going to expect and, that to be a wrestling match. And like Tommy Dreamer, and I know he's uh, somebody that nobody wants to talk about anymore, but he was talking about it when New Jack died. He did like a tribute to him. I was talking about how when New Jack would staple um, dollars to people's heads and shit, he wasn't stapling dollars to people's heads. Right. He said Jack would have gum in his mouth. He'd put the gum on the head. Right. And then he'd staple the dollar bill to the head. You know what I mean? Like he wasn't mm-hmm. really doing it. But right. um, I just, <laughs> super entertaining. Yep. Was a hell of a personality. And something else that a lot of people will say, oh, he was terrible. He didn't do anything in the ring. He, it's like he said, I, he's like, how did how did he say it once? I heard him say he's like, I learned all the flippity flappity bullshit and did all of it with the Rock and Roll Express. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I've earned my right to be this now. Yes. Like, if I need to wrestle, I can wrestle. But I don't. He's like, nobody wants to see New Jack go out there and have fucking chain wrestling and shit. No, they don't want to see I mean, that. It's the same principle as Steve Austin, or the same you principle. And, and and nobody's ever said this before, probably ever in the history of ever. It's the same thing. Like it's the same thing. New Jack and Hulk Hogan. Yeah, right. Yeah. See Hulk Hogan have Japanese wrestling matches. And right. Movie. It was weird when we saw that happen. Yeah, nobody wants to see that. Once Steve Austin became Stone Cold, nobody wanted to see him wrestle like when he was stunning Steve. Yeah, you know, are, look, a, year, a day, a, a year apart, Nate. His matches with Bret Hart were were honed as some of the best in the in the world. But mm-hmm. then when he got to being world heavyweight champion, Steve Austin, he didn't have those kind of matches with people anymore. So nobody right. wanted to see him. But against yeah. a Bret Hart or a Shawn Michaels, yeah, give us that match. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah, a guy eventually gets into a style where you get, you grow accustomed to it. Ric Flair, chop, chop, flip over the top rope, jump off the top rope, figure four. You yeah. don't expect a 45-minute hour classic out of these guys after a while. Right. Where with New Jack, you didn't expect more than a 10-minute ass-whipping. <laughs> you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. If like if the Dudleys and New Jack and, and if Bubba Ray and New Jack would have gotten in the ring and started doing drop downs and right. hip tosses and shit like that, that crowd have been like, "What the fuck are you doing?" Yeah, this isn't ECW. Yeah, but but this thing was insane and it was it was fun. Um, and um, New Jack was the the gangsters were going over. And then all of a sudden, um, Bubba ends up hitting a Bubba cutter on um, New Jack and pinning him one, two, three in the middle of the ring. And the crowd was like, "There was a match going on." It was well, yeah. It wasn't even. It wasn't the same, but it was almost like when Taker got beat by Brock. Right. I was like, oh, like whoa. And even Joey was like, oh my god, the Dudley Boys just beat the Gangsters, and. I put it in my notes, and maybe we'll find out as Nate reads the dirt sheets, obviously, because I wasn't reading dirt sheets on this. 
I have a feeling that this was supposed to lead into the Dudleys versus the gangsters at Barely Legal. And like Nate said, the whole mass transit thing happened, almost eliminated the right. pay-per-view. And Mustafa mm-hmm. didn't show up either. So and, they and were... probably got it back on pay-per-view and probably thought, shit, the gangsters were the reason why this pay-per-view almost got canceled. Right. I probably can't put them on a fucking poster saying the gangsters are going to be at the pay-per-view. Right. And that's why it turned <laughs> the Dudleys versus the Eliminators. I think initially the <laughs> is going to be the Dudleys versus the Gangsters. I think you're right. I think. And like I said, because the Gangsters are nowhere on Barely Legal. Nope. nope. And watching it now, thinking about it then, you're like, why? Like that's the only... Right. Why would you start this? Why would you let this go on? That and if Paulie's like, I'm going to present to present to the to the world that's never seen ECW, what ECW actually is, why would you not have the gangsters on it? Right. Mm-hmm. Other than the fact that pay-per-view companies were like, fuck you, don't put that on our show. Right. Like, don't, we're, we're, if you put those guys on there, we're not, we're not going to broadcast it. It's surprising that Paulie kowtowed and said, okay, we won't use them. You know what I mean? Well, he needed that. Know, he needed no, that I know that. But once they were on the air, what would have stopped them with the, like the last twenty minutes of the pay per view just to have the gangsters run out and beat somebody down? Because he probably would have never got another pay per view. Well, yeah, but you know what he is. We but we all know what he is. He does shit like that. There yeah. was a, I think it was Hardcore Heaven, the first pay per view version of it, where they said we're not going to play the Sandman versus Sabu in the Stairway to Hell match on pay per view because the pay per view company won't let us play it, and then they still ended up doing it because Paulie wanted to show it on pay per view. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, so last question about the gangsters, and I, and I mentioned the Rock and Roll Express. I'll ask, uh, are both of you guys are up on Smoky Mountain, right? Yeah, Smoky yep. Mountain, right? Yes, let me ask you this Do you like your gangsters better, Smoky Mountain gangsters or Philadelphia gangsters? Ah, <laughs> uh, well. See the That's thing a about tough it, one. yeah, it is because I like both incarnations. Because the Philadelphia gangsters, as we've discussed at length here, were super entertaining, especially New Jack. But goddamn, he plucked New Jack down in the middle of an arena full of white hillbillies, right? And have him cut the promo. And I still say ECW, but Jesus Christ. That Smoky Mountain stuff was rev-a-fucking-lutionary. Right? How about it? That's why I'm going to say complete package, like total package, like in the ring and the promos. It, I, I was Smoky Mountain gangsters. But just like pure action or whatever, I'll, I'll, I'll give you ECW. But the complete whole thing, mm-hmm. man, that fucking Smoky Mountain gangsters is fucking fantastic. Well, Nuclear. Yeah, <laughs> Nuclear. Cornette, Cornette grabbed them, dropped them down in the middle of a bunch of white people and said, okay, now make them hate you. And New Jack said, okay. Yeah. And then decided to cut promos on O.J. Simpson and white women and hillbillies and everything else he could think I of. I mean, really, say, you know? really, all they had to do was be black. Right. <laughs> he right. took it to another level. Right. So. But he knew what he was doing. But mm. then you get to ECW. And they didn't have to say a damn word. They just had to rush the ring and beat people up. And for those first few months, they were heels. 
You know, they were beating the shit out of the public enemy. They weren't there to beat up the Dudleys and the Eliminators and everybody else. They were, they were there to beat the shit out of the public enemy. And they did it. And then the fans just said, hey, we like these guys. They're not cartoony. They're not, you know, trying to let, make us like them. They're just kicking ass. So, but I, I kind of got to go towards Smoky Mountain because I, I did like the promos. It was just something about it that made me laugh and go, damn. <laughs> he knew how to push the envelope. There's a, there's a reason that stuff isn't on the network. Folks. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd be like, oh, Smoky Mountain, all we get to do is watch Chris Jericho and Lance Storm? It's <laughs> Chris Jericho, Lance Storm, Thrill Seekers. <laughs> it is out there on YouTube. I'm not going to give the name because I don't want the guy to get shut down. I know Vince, I know Vince listens, so I don't want him to hear the yes. name. So you just got to f- search it out, but there's a guy out there that has all of the Smoky Mountain on YouTube. That's fantastic. So that being said, we wasted, not wasted. We spent a lot of time on the gangsters. Um, the next match is Taz along with team Taz and Bill Alfonso versus the guy we talked about earlier. He's not a full blooded Italian yet. He's still just Tracy Smothers. And there's not a lot to say about this match, but it's Taz versus Tracy Smothers. And, uh, well, Tazplex, wheelboat barrel Tazplex, head and arm Tazplex. Taz Taz gives Tracy Smothers a little bit in this match. And yeah, but in, in my notes it says Taz is like it says Taz is a wrestling fan, but um I'm sure Taz was kind of like, Hey, I get to work with Tracy Smothers tonight. That right. Cool. You know what I mean? Right. Mm-hmm. Like like what worker what professional wrestler have you ever heard been like, yeah, Tracy Smothers was a shit, was the sh- was a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, it's like I get to work with one of the, the best actual wrestlers around. You know what I mean? It'd be it'd be like you showing up to the building and being like, you get to work with Bobby Eaton. You got to work with Bobby Eaton tonight. Right. Like, no, you mean I get to work with Bobby Eaton. Right. Tonight. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? So, I'm sure Taz is probably like happy to get, get in there with Tracy, and Tracy did a good job putting uh Taz over and Taz you know what? what I mean I know like what what, what? <laughs> well no I'm just and and, and I wanna I this can be a yes or no question. You guys don't have to elaborate much. And and it's just it it's I don't know why but it popped in my dome when you said, you know, oh I get to work with Tracy Smothers tonight. Nobody probably ever said anything bad about that. You know who I bet was a guy in a much later generation, let's say from like 98 to 2003, that was like a Tracy Smothers in the locker room where somebody looked on the board, saw they had to wrestle that guy and was like, you know what? I'm all right. This is good. It's going to be a good night. Mm-hmm. Oh, Sean, Sean Morley. Val Venus. Yeah. When you yeah. say Sean, like of his era, when you say he's like that type of a worker, you know, like yeah, he, he, he gave the people. I know that much. Always, it's always it, it's always going to be a good match. It's always going to be safe. It's always going to look good. I don't know. I did, it, random thought. I know, but when Aaron said that, I, I was like, you know what? From the Attitude Era, like that era of wrestling, I could Sean Morley's kind of like a Tracy Smothers. Yeah, I can, I can see, see that. Yeah, I, there's one guy I'd maybe probably say over that. D'Lo. No, I'd, I'd probably, he's a Sean, and I thought you were going to say it. I'd say Sean Waltman. 
Him too. Yeah, Sean. Yeah. But I actually, to be honest with you, I put Sean Waltman, and this isn't dissing workers like Morley and Smothers, but to be honest with you, I put Sean Waltman more on the level of a Bret Hart. Like, he's that good. <coughs> well, that's the, the thing about uh, Sean. Sean Waltman was, uh, you know, he grew up in the business. He, he, he honed his craft. He recently said he's coming out of retirement. He's ready to, in 2022. He wants to have a, another wrestling match again. So, you know, he, he's somebody that you felt trusted with. You know, you knew, you, like you said, Nate, I'm not going to get hurt. It's not going to be a bad night. And we're going to have a pretty decent, at least 10 minute match. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I agree with you on both of those guys. And, and, and like I said, not, not, not trying to like scoop anything or whatever on Sean Morley, but like Sean Waltman was the, he was the guy that was in the click that nobody cared that he was in the click. Right. He was able to be friends with everybody in the yeah, company. Like, like, like nobody was like, you hear people say, Oh, triple H and Shawn Michaels were assholes. And Scott Hall was an ass. And Brett's like, Scott was an asshole. And, and Nash was an asshole. And, and, and triple H little prick. You know what I mean? But all of them are like, yeah, Sean, he's cool though. And like, Sean was yeah. cool with all them other people. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So, so that's why I'd almost say him. I think it was because Waltman just wanted a job. It wasn't about protecting his friends. He wanted to know he had a job. And when he went to WCW and Bischoff and Hogan basically threw him the fuck out, he was like, yeah, now I just want to be a worker and enjoy my my wrestling business. I don't want to worry about all the politics. I honestly, and and like you said too, like like that, but I also think like he was the kid. You know what I mean? Like he's just the kid. Like there's the kid. And, And he... He had his problems, he had his demons, and he's talked about him plenty of times and everything like that. But he was just like respectable yeah, to the people that were ahead of him and shit like that. You know what I mean? But yep. we're going into the weeds again. But I, and I, my Nate, fault. I, I, <laughs> my fault. <laughs> I do get what you're saying about Sean Morley, too. Like, I think, honestly, that was one of the worst. Things that could happen to that guy. That gimmick? That he got into the WWF when Vince Rousseau was there. Yes. And made him Val Venus. Because yes. well, he, he could never come back. There was never yeah, a chance for him yeah. to ever be anything other than Val Venus. You know, even when he went to TNA or another company, they would refer to him as Sean Morley, formerly known as Val Venus. You know, like he couldn't a, shed it. That was a dead in the water gimmick. Yeah. That was a fucking. That was the 90. Was it ninety eight when he went there? Yep, yep. That was the ninety eight equivalent of like goon. Yeah, it was an adult version of those. Right? It it was. It was. You're a plumber. You're you're a hockey player. You're a porn star. It was dead in the water gimmick. And once you're fucking Val Venus, and your gimmick is you have a giant schlong, and you're a porn star. You're never going to get to main event WrestleMania. Yeah. But if they would have brought him in, this is Sean Morley, you know. And I'm not even saying he can't have a like a like a nickname or anything like that. Like this is Suicide Sean Morley, you know what I mean? So right. You can, you can do something with that. But the minute he's just a porn star, right? He was. It was like they strictly said we like this guy, but we only want him to be big in the Attitude Era. Once that's over, we don't give a fuck what happens to him. Mm-hmm. You know. Right. We'll get to see him in April. Everything pulls out fine. Everything goes out. I almost said pulls out fine. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Everything turns out fine. We'll get to see Sean Morley in April. But anyway, 
like I said, um, Taz, some others. Taz mission um, was what it was. The next match is Raven, and the reason this is the reason I brought up that Brian Lee is a bulldozer for hire because it's Raven and Brian Lee versus Terry Funk and Tommy, Tommy Dreamer, Dreamer with Beulah McGillicuddy. Um, one of the stipulations of this match is if is if Terry Funk or Tommy Dreamer pin Raven, they get Raven at barely legal for the ECW championship. Right. Another note that I have is, um, I forgot how, how, I don't want to say this without like being offensive to women or whatever. I forgot how hot Beulah McGillicuddy was without being hot. And she's still that hot. Does that make sense? She's still that hot. I mm-hmm. saw her about two years ago. She's still gorgeous. Like she's not like she's not like Tammy was at this time, right? Or woman, or you know, um, and you guys get what I'm saying? Yeah, I agree with you. Like she was, she, she was stood hot. out. Yeah, despite she, despite not being as as glamorous as woman or Tammy, she stood out amongst all the rest of the ECW women. Yeah, so. I enjoy me some Beulah McGillicuddy. I do too. Um, and something they do fun at the beginning of the match is the bell rings and Raven is talking to Tommy about all these accomplishments you've ever had in ECW, but the one thing you've never done is pin me. Right. Okay. So he says, I'm going to lay down right now, Tommy, and you. I'm going to let you pin me. I'm going to let you pin me in the middle of the ring, Tommy. You can pin me right now. And get everything you've ever wanted. You get to beat me one, two, three in the middle of the ring. And you can see you pin the Raven. But if you pin me right now, that means you take the last chance for a world championship away from your father figure, Terry Funk. Because remember, whoever pins Raven in this match gets a shot at barely legal against Raven for the ECW championship. So Raven's basically saying, if you pin me, you get, you to, screw ter- you get the success, but you're screwing Terry over. But you're screwing your, your father figure over and taking the last dance, the last chance for the dance away from him. You know what I mean? Now, here's my problem with this storyline. I love, I always loved Tommy and Terry together. They had a great dynamic if you remember like a year earlier though, when the Sandman and Tommy were feuding, Terry turned on Tommy for a little while. Yeah. And then if you think back to it, if we would have go back ten years ago, Terry would have nailed Tommy and pinned Raven and took the title shot from Tommy. I would have liked to have seen a heel turn from Tommy Dreamer here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Pin Raven, get the title shot and be like, F you Terry. They were still gonna work funk into the match somehow. You know what I mean? They would have found yeah, a way to put Terry in that match. I know, but at this time, there, was, there wasn't any time Tommy at this time, though. Archie, you also have to keep in mind, mm-hmm. Tommy Dreamer is Paul Heyman's John Cena. Right. <laughs> I, you're right about that. You're absolutely right about that. <clears throat> Tommy was Mr. ECW till the day he died. And then even once it was reborn in WWE. Yep. So, so like I said, that uh, Tommy refuses to pin Raven to 
take the title away from Tom, from Terry, Terry and Tommy, and Tommy and Tommy. And all that. <laughs> Tiny Tim, somehow. Tiny Tim, and, and subscribe to Tubi. <laughs> I don't fucking know what's going on. But this is just kind of like a basic ECW brawl match. I mean, it, it is what it is. Um, Terry Funk ends up getting the spinning toe hold on um, Raven, but the referee wasn't around to see it because he was distracted by um, Brian Lee and Tommy Dreamer wrestling or fighting, I should say. Um, and then Brian Lee ends up seeing what's going on. He gets a trash can and ends up going fucking medieval on Terry Funk with the Murders trash Funk. Yep, just beating the shit out of him with it. Um, then EMTs end up like basically the referee stops the match, <coughs> attempts to stop the match, and EMTs take out Terry Funk. Then Stevie Cool comes out and confronts Raven, but before he can kick Raven, he gets choked. I'm just saying that. Like this is how ECW reads. Okay, <laughs> Terry Funk gets a toehold on Brian uh, on Raven. Brian Lee takes him out with a trash can. The EMTs remove Terry Funk from the arena. Stevie Cool comes out, attempts to super kick Raven, but gets chokeslammed by um, Brian Lee. Raven then is confronted by Lori Fullington, who then gets beat up by Raven. Then Tyler Fullington brings out Tommy Dreamer and the Sandman. And they end up fighting, and Tommy Dreamer gets taken out, and then somehow Sandman won this match. Right. <laughs> a guy who hadn't been seen in months, and a guy who just who who wasn't even in the match won the match. Yes. So Sand Sandman somehow won this match, and they're saying that now Sandman claims the right to face Raven at Barely Legal, which we <clears throat> not going to happen, but. So at this point, Stevie has knocked out Raven earlier in the month. Terry Funk has unofficially beat Raven because Raven tapped to the toehold when no referee was around. And then Sandman pinned Raven in a match that he wasn't even in. Right. So basically, they're setting up and foreshadowing where we're going with Barely Legal, which is going to be that triple threat match and... Like I said, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil anything that happened. How many years ago was this? Twenty six. Like twenty six years. Twenty five years ago. Yeah. yeah I, so I don't want to. I, I don't want to jardine anything. But setting <laughs> up a triple threat match between Sandman, Terry Funk, and Stevie Richards. That's fucking awesome. <laughs> fucking. It awesome. is. It is. By the time the match is over, fucking Sandman looks like a barbed wire pinata. It's fucking great. <laughs> but anyway, um, then they clear this hot mess out of there, and Chris Candido comes out and cuts one of the most um, explicit promos I've ever heard in my life. Like He is pissed. Yep. He's fuck this and fuck that. I'm not even on the fucking shirt. This is bullshit. And, and and then starts talking about Stabu and how Stabu's this big fucking freak and die. he's just going off and 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 Sabu's nothing but a fucking extreme 
bullshit wrestler and and and, and just going absolutely crazy and it's fucking great. This little this little guy is just losing his mind in the middle of the ring. <laughs> and it's great. Like I love a pissed off angry little Chris Candido. Yeah. <laughs> he get the high pitch to his voice. Right. <laughs> yeah. And he's just like, oh, I don't know why this is happening. I don't know why that's happening. This is bullshit. Bullshit. You know, like, it, it, like yeah. I don't know if that's a good Chris Candido impersonation. No, you kind of got it spot on. <laughs> but, but I fucking love yeah. that dude, man. And I just, and, and I know we talk, we're, we're going to delve into some shit or whatever. But, like, if they would have just let Chris and Tammy be Chris and Tammy. Yeah. In New York. It, it, you know, I understand he needed it, a, it, a, a it, character. It's what, it's it's what we were just saying about Val Venus, right? Mm-hmm. If you want to put, if you want to put that fucking gimmick on those people, but here's the thing: better you let Tammy, you let Tammy go off, and she yeah, she was still sunny, but she was being Tammy since she was being herself after that, and you left him as Skip with Zip, Tom Pritchard. God bless him. Tom Pritchard actually made a great tag team with Chris Candido. But when that was all said and done, why didn't you let him rip away the Skip gimmick and just say, hey? I'm Chris Candido. That's my girlfriend, and I'm here to be a wrestler and do these kind of promos. It was the attitude right. era anyway. He could have cut a promo like this in WWF, you know, and said, I'm a real wrestler. I'm not about all this bullshit character, you know, make me into a, a, a gymnast and shit like that. And he could have he could have been big. And I agree, and that's what I was trying to say. It's like it's the same thing with, like, it's kind of like the Morley making him Val Venus thing. Right. You know what I mean? Like after you already do that, you can't you can't put that monkey back <laughs> in the box. You know what I mean? Maybe well, maybe you might be right, but they've let it happen before. They let guys go out there and shed their gimmicks. You know, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin still is the ringmaster when Ted DiBiase left the WCW, went out there and cut a promo and it, it helped him to shed that stupid gimmick of the ringmaster. And become Stone Cold. The Rock, after he left the nation, shed all the blue chipper and all that, you know, that was making him die by inches in the ring to become The Rock. You know, it, they they needed to trust people a little more when these guys were coming up. Like Shane Douglas, like Chris Candido, even Brian Lee. You know, you saddled him as originally as the fake Undertaker. Okay, now you bring him back as this biker guy. He was never going to be anything big in the WWF. You know, they knew that from the beginning. So. Nate, any thoughts and opinions on Chris Candido? I think that, um, unfortunately, what do I say? About the WWF part, okay? In that company, he was never really going to rise above the position that he was in right. at that time right. because of his size. I mean, if he would have come along a few years later when they had a cruiserweight division, etc. And I'm not, I'm not at all dissing his talent. Chris was fucking fantastic. He was amazing. But for the WWF, um, I think that he he peaked as as high as he was going to there. Right. ECW absolutely loved him. Oh yeah. 
Um, he was per- that. That's let's say other than Smoky Mountain, we're going to take Smoky Mountain out of the equation because by this time it's gone anyway, right? Right. He this was this was the perfect spot for him to be in ECW and doing what he's doing. I think like WCW WWF. Let's be honest. I mean. Can we say, can we just be honest and say he, maybe WCW, he could have been in the cruiserweight division. He but was. I'm just. He went there too late though. Yes. The he went there. Dying. Yeah. And, and, and I get it, but I think that the perfect Chris Candido is, is this era, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that's what I would say. Cause I'm a, I'm a bigger, um, <clears throat> Overall fan of Smoky Mountain than, than ECW, mm-hmm. but um, and I still love ECW though. Don't get me wrong, but um, it's kind of like the reverse thing of the um, the gangsters for me. Like I prefer ECW. I'll pick ECW Chris Candido over Smoky Mountain Candido. But I agree. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree. Well, <clears throat> so. Anyway, excuse me. Um, Candido ends up basically calling out Sabu and saying Sabu's nothing but a basically a, a flippity floppity bullshit extreme wrestler. He's not a good wrestler. Da 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 da. So calls out Sabu, and Sabu comes out, and these two proceed to have. One goddamn fantastic match. Yes, they do. It is great. And there's no... um, There's a little bit of brawling and everything like that, but this is one of the... um, I'm going to say... One of the most technical matches Sabu's ever had in his career. I think it might have been his only technical match. (laughs) (laughs) But he, he doesn't do, like, fireballs and and... Arabian face busters all over the place. Right. Table smashes and all this shit. He proceeds to wrestle yep. with Chris Candido. It's the it's a great match. It's the best match on the entire show. Crowd she loves it. The crowd loves it, and this thing should have been the main event. It was fantastic. And and, and here's the funny thing about that. And and I I have not watched this show in ages, okay? So I can't I, I remember, I guess I remember bits and pieces of the match, and, and you're right, it's fantastic. But it's also a testament to the fact that the, the two workers are told to go out there and do something spontaneous that technically wasn't even advertised. And look what they do. That's a testament to their talent. Yeah. And um what it does and looking at it now <clears throat> as i watched it it's it's paulie is is it's it's the genius of paul Heyman. paul Heyman is knowing that he's going into barely legal and sabu is going to wrestle taz and i know taz had done some extreme stuff and everything like that but taz isn't a uh quote unquote extreme hardcore wrestler, 
You know what I mean? Right. So, so he's showing his audience that Sabu can work. Oh, right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, so it's showing that Sa- and and it's showing that. Do, do you guys get what I'm saying? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh man. Oh man, Sabu, there's no way. There's no way he could go one on one with Taz. Taz would stretch the shit out of him. Taz is Taz is a wrestler. Sabu's just extreme. Well, uh, Candido is a similar size, similar style or whatever to Taz. So then it shows, okay, this guy can wrestle if he needs to wrestle. And um Sabu ends up winning. Archie, we're gonna say something, sorry. It it showed a a totally different side of Sabu that we'd never seen unless you watched him in his early part of his career that, you know, ECW fans were not. I wasn't used to it. You know what I mean? This is a guy, like you said, threw fireballs and broke tables and chairs and everything was a was a jump off the top rope with a chair to kill his opponent. So for him to go toe to toe with with Candido like this, you know, pulling out a camel clutch and, and things that we'd never seen before. It really showed ECW fans, look, it's not all about weapons. It's not all about getting the girls naked. It's not all about the, the flashy spots. We actually have wrestlers on our roster, too. It goes back to what we were saying earlier about Hogan. Right. You know, remind the fans that this guy can actually wrestle. Yeah. Right. So, um, <clears throat> Like I said, great match, best match of the night. Sabu ends up winning with a triple jump leg drop. One, two, three on Candido. Candido pops back up. <clears throat> Not like, I don't want to say like pops back up like Hulk Hogan or whatever, but gets back to his feet, selling his shit. Um, he grabs the microphone and says, um, basically like, I know... Uh, it's like, I know Shane and Brian are going to be mad at me for saying this because they don't like us putting anybody over this, not anybody in the triple threat. But goddamn, Sabu, you changed my opinion of you. You're the baddest motherfucker in this business right now. And uh, basically says, I don't see any way that Taz is going to be able to beat you. Big mistake. Sticks his hand out and shakes Sabu's hand. And then they, hung in, they hug in the middle of the ring. And Candido gives his endorsement to Sabu going into Barely Legal. Which is perfect. Yes. Yep. And that's that's basically how the show ends. Like, oh, Joey's like, oh, Cyberslam, thanks. And that's how it ends. And that's, that's Cyberslam 1997. It's bookended with Sabu and some insanity. And the Eliminator's shaking his hand. And you're the man. And then ends with another wrestler shaking his hand and saying, you're the man. It was also Paulie's way of putting a stamp on Sabu, which I think pissed off Taz a little bit. Taz has said that a million times in shoot interviews. Sabu was Paulie's pet. You know what I mean? Like you mentioned uh, Tommy Dreamer being John Cena, you know, and in a way, but Sabu was like that guy that Paulie would put his name on and, you know, die for you know, even when he fired him and told him you can't go to Japan and then he disobeyed him. But this was Paulie's way of saying, I love Taz, but Sabu's our guy. And I think it's because if you think about it and, and not that I would say that 100 percent. 
the fact that Terry Funk in the early days of ECW was there Mm -hmm. and put the company over and worked with all the younger guys and put them over and did everything he could to help ECW. Okay. So I'm taking nothing away from Terry Funk, but I think that, that Paulie at this time, you can say what you want about him, but he is a loyal guy. Yes, he is. And his guys, he is. Yes. And I think what this, what, what that whole thing is with him forgiving Sabu for any of his transgressions and everything is as much as Terry Funk was amazing. One of my favorite wrestlers of all time in my top five, he is one of the greats. He will be one of the guys that when he passes away, I will cry. Oh yeah. All right. Oh yeah. Um, Sabu is really what put ECW on the map. Oh, because he was yeah. so different. He was so different. He was so unique. Like, you, know, I, you, know, you know, I said New Jack is W is ECW Sting. Mm-hmm. Sabu is ECW Hulk Hogan. To a certain yeah. extent, yeah. yeah, yeah. Hulk Hogan or Randy Savage, one of the two. I'd I'd say Hulk Hogan. I mean, I mean, he was the he was the thing that like. In the 80, what was eight? Like when Hogan first got to the WWF, people were like, You gotta see this Hulk Hogan. You never yeah. seen one like this. You know what I mean? This is fucking mm-hmm. crazy. This guy's like six foot eight, fucking 325 pounds, fucking charismatic as shit. I ain't never seen nothing like this. And that's how it was with Sat, like, and, and everything else fell into it. You know what I mean? Right. Right. Stabby was the thing that everybody was like, Yo, this shit might be over here. But you ain't ever seen nothing like Sabu. And then when you see Sabu, then you end up being like, okay, well, I came here to see Sabu, but now I've seen, now I see Tommy Dreamer, now I see the Sandman, right? Now I see Sal Balomo, and now I see. As I always, as I always say, our man Sal Balomo. Yeah. You know, Sabu was the thing that got the eyes, and then you got everything else. Mm-hmm. And then you were like, oh, shit, that's that's awesome. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's my opinion on that. Absolutely. So that ends this episode of the year that was dot, 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 1997. I want to thank Archie and Nate for listening along when, and uh, I should say listening along, talking, a show, talking about the show with me. Um, and then next week, like I said, we'll be discussing Super Brawl 1997, which happened the day after this in San Francisco, which was highlighted by Hulk Hogan versus Roddy Piper. It's Ooh. a completely different story and a completely different thing. It's like, right. it's, that's what's like insane to me. <laughs> and in, in this era of wrestling on these two different sides of the country, Two completely polar opposite things are happening. <laughs> Insane. But anyway, you guys got any parting things that you want to say? Anything you want to plug or anything like that? Thank you to everyone for supporting the WrestleNet Radio Podcast Network. All of the shows that we have here. And I know we inundate you with a lot of shows here on the network. But that is just for your pure wrestling entertainment, wrestling yeah. discussion. Um, I think that we have something really good going here. And um, thank you, Aaron and Archie, for being on the ground floor of whatever the no, hell it is we're No, 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 no. I'm, I'm about to cut you off here. Thank you for giving us a platform to do this on. 
because without you initiating this, without you going the extra mile and putting the time and effort to edit and put these shows out for us, we wouldn't be able to do it, Nate. So that's all the thanks is to you, my friend. Well, I appreciate that. And it might contribute to my high blood pressure. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I kind of piggyback on what Archie said. I want to say you're welcome. (laughs) Did you steal that from Zabisco? Was it Zabisco you stole that from? I just thought of it. (laughs) (laughs) No, you always, no, you always do the you're welcome thing. Like when somebody's like, you know, thank you for something instead of saying, Oh uh, yeah. yeah, yeah." I think this is a Zabisco thing, but anyway, you know what? If it is, if it is, God bless you. Cause Zabisco's honestly, you know me, man, I'll give credit where credit's due. If I steal something from somebody, I just like doing that. Cause that shit's funny. If somebody's like, Oh, thanks. I want to thank you. Cause they, they want the, they, 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 they want the affirmation back or whatever. You're welcome. (laughs) <laughs> well, I think we need to give Aaron a new nickname. He is now the living la- legend, la- Aaron. Uh, Aaron, Aaron Zabisco. <laughs> <laughs> uh. <laughs> well. The living legend, Aaron Zabisco. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, um. What's the name of this show going to be? Leather Clad Balls? I like it. <laughs> I like it. Let me write that down. Leather Clad Balls. I didn't... When you put the name Archie Stiff, Stiff Shinetti, I didn't expect so many people to comment about it, but they did. They're like, the name alone makes me want to listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes sometimes that's all you need. Right? What do we want, Howard? WrestleMania. Yeah, that'll work. <laughs> oh, but all right, guys. Thank you very much. Yeah, I was gonna say Zabisco. It's your it's your show. You sign off for us. Yes. Thank you guys for listening. Like I said, next week we'll be reviewing Super Brawl um, ninety seven, which should have some meat on the bones. I don't know if it'll be as fun as this, but um, so if you want to if you want to follow along with us while. We're talking about it. Just make sure you watch Super Brawl 97 before we get the next show up, which I think will be, I don't know, middle of next week or something like that. So thank you guys for listening, and hopefully you guys can, you two can join me for the 97 Super Brawl next week. But thank you guys for listening. Good night, everybody. Night, spudheads. (laughs) 